Welcome to the New York Mandate podcast, where we take a look at the costs and consequences of New York's COVID-19 vaccine mandates. I'm Amy, and in this series, I'll be talking with people who have been directly affected by mandates about their perspectives and experiences. I'm here today on Zoom with Janine, and she is someone who was one of the earliest people to uh, fall under the New York City mandates, the vaccine mandates, I believe, right? Um, so why don't we begin by just explaining what happened during that process when the mandates rolled out? Um, well, when the mandates first rolled out, um, there's a lot of information going back and forth. What was legal, what was not legal, what was being accepted, what was not being accepted. People were talking to their lawyers. People were speaking to um, the EEOC, like myself, you know, looking up constitutional rights, looking up our legal rights in New York, what we're allowed to do. When the politicians in New York stated that no religious exemptions were going to be accepted, I already knew that was illegal. They have always been exempt, you know, this was a drug that was emergency use. It was not even really approved. The shady information behind it was, you know, very concerning. But, and um, it was it was just really, really like, really confusing because you had your legal rights, you had your constitutional rights and they were just being steamrolled. Um, I, I looked up information safety data. I, I gave it to my employers and they, you know, they just ignored everything and said, nope, no religious, no exemptions. You either get it or you're fired. Explain um, what your line of work is and where you were working at the time, because you kind of fall um, in between education and healthcare, um, both professionally and in terms of the mandates. Well, um, I'm a licensed therapist and I worked in a preschool for children with disabilities. So I gave, uh, I, you know, social work, therapy, counseling services. I worked with the parents. I worked with children who had everything from autism, ADHD in the foster care system. You know, they had physical disabilities, they had mental disabilities, they had social emotional disabilities. So I was hitting them at the ground level between three and five. So as a school uh, employee, not DOE, but through the Department of Health, Department of Labor, as well as the um, healthcare because of being a social worker and mental health, it kind of hit me on both areas. So did you fall under the state mandate for healthcare workers? Was that part of your... No, it was more the education aspect because I was city. in school, even though I provided a health service, I was in a school setting. So they went with the um, the Department of Labor, Department of Health, DOE rulings. Okay. But, and is your, sorry, is, is the school um, a, a contractor with the DOE? They don't, they're not with the DOE. They're um, a city and state run school. Um, I forget their code, 405 maybe, 407. It's uh, Department of Labor, Department of Health. Okay. So, but you first um, were informed about the mandates in early September? 
Is that? No, I think it was the summer. I went like when everyone else was. Okay. Um, when everyone else was, it was, um, you know, announced by the politicians. It was announced, um, you know, but I think it was pretty much the August when the official letters started coming out. Right. They wanted to give us uh, time to get it. And then six weeks later, three, three weeks later, get our um, second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is August, around August, 2021. Yeah. So what was your, um, what, what was your initial perception of the vaccines? What did you think when they were first introduced? Um, well, I came out from two different sides. The, I don't trust it because it's rushed. It's not proven. The data was faulty. And from also a religious point of view, um, it, it, I didn't see what everyone else was being told. I didn't see people dropping dead in the street. If people got it, COVID, it was like the flu. Yes, people were affected by it. I'm not saying they weren't, but people weren't, it wasn't like the black death. Like people weren't just falling over in the street. People weren't over, because they said, oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. The hospitals are overwhelmed. Everywhere on TikTok and YouTube, there was all these videos of empty hospitals and nurses doing dances. I mean, sure, they had their moments, but I think it was because people panicked. We're told there's this deadly plague coming. You may have it. People are going to panic. And I think that was the, and then I started seeing the mental mind game they were doing. You're going to die. You're going to die. It's, if you don't take this 98% effective, you know, uh, vaccine you know there's going to be a winter of death and you're going to die and you can't see your family your friends if you're in your household separate from your kids they terrorized us it was a psychological warfare so i i'm a healthy person for the most part i didn't feel it was super necessary for me to be injected with something i didn't trust uh, both on a, like I said, on a, a, a medical level and on a religious level, because they were lying to us about the ingredients. And they had, yes, they have fetus cells in there, and they had other things in there, the graphites, and just stuff they kept lying to us about. No, it doesn't have this. No, it doesn't have this. Another scientist would say, um, but here it is. And then they would get banned, or they would get kicked off or they would be fired. And the more I saw it when people spoke up that they were getting silenced, the more it perked my interest of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you saw the um, public health officials, the FDA, CDC, Anthony Fauci, all these people um, coming out with information about the vaccines that you then saw contradicted by other people who were then silenced. And it was happening on a massive scale. Like you could right. not, and it happened to me several times. I got I got uh, kicked off of TikTok literally nine times. Anytime I spoke up saying, I didn't trust this, or here's some contradicting data, I was silenced. My videos were taken down for false information. Facebook would delete my posts. They would warn me. They would ban me for 30 days. And I'm like, and one of the times, um, I think it was like John Hopkins posted yeah. an information about something and I shared that link. And then I got uh, banned from Facebook for 30 days. And I'm like, 
that's a legitimate like medical you know facility their research should be important and then when twitter went around uh silencing anyone who shared the american heart association who said that there was a link between heart disease and the vaccine now it came from the american heart association site i just reposted that article saying isn't this interesting or this is a legitimate, I don't even remember. I was like, this is a legitimate research or this is an interesting article. And I got banned for 30 days. Mm -hmm. So there was just something really wrong. And the fact that they would not give us an option, they were willing to make us jobless, go into debt, not be able to pay our bills. There were court systems that literally were taking kids away from parents it was just like pure insanity was breaking out. So, okay. So you were skeptical on just on the medical information front, but you also have a religious objection. I um, do. Tell me about that. Um, well, I'm Wiccan. So I do a lot of nature, um, healing and processing and, uh, you know, very sun and moon to, um, you know, keep it on a basic level, the solar and the lunar calendar, the winter solstice, the summer solstice, the equinoxes. Um, you know, I try to teach my kids all about nature and the connection to the nature and our bodies. You know, our bodies are 75% water and so is the earth. So we're literally affected by the atmosphere sometimes. Like, you know, when it's a gray rainy day out, some people are really depressed. And it's literally our connection. I just noticed that in certain things, and I'm not bashing all medicines. I'm not. I'm not anti-medicine and I'm not anti-vax. I got to make that up. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just felt that there were other ways, more natural ways I could help um, through a cold or through something. I just, the, the vaccine, it had too many unnatural ingredients affecting the body in an unnatural way that really tore at my core beliefs mm -hmm. you know vitamins can help boost the immune system the immune system has always been usually the number one defense against everything medicine is usually a backup to when your immunity your body can't do something you know like if you're diabetic your body's not making enough insulin so normally your body would um but you need insulin shots or you know insulin care if your body can't do it so medicine is the backup for that i felt there were natural ways in which to boost my my immune system and my kids immune system that we didn't need to take this unnatural um additive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when i spoke to you know i wrote up my religious exemption for my job i gave them the research i gave them my religious reasons um they wouldn't even look at it. It was take it or lose your job. They wouldn't even look at it. When you no, say no. they wouldn't look at it, what do you mean? They said, I sent it off to, you know, the proper people. And they said, according to the, you know, Department of Health, Department of Labor, they're not accepting religious exemptions. And I said, that's against the law. It's against my constitutional of New York, the Constitution of the United States, and the EEOC. They can't just make a... Um, emergency use, non-authorized medicine, mandatory. Um, but um, the, well, they were trying to go through OSHA. 
That's the other thing. They were okay. also trying to push it through OSHA saying uh, OSHA is responsible for the health and safety of employees. So therefore, if OSHA says so, you have to do it. So they were hitting us with everything. Department of Labor, Department of Health, cities mandates, state mandates, and OSHA. And they were all saying no religious exemptions accepted. So I know that a, a lot of the um, people who fell only under a city, a New York City mandate, were able to um, at least submit applications for religious exemption, although many of them were denied. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you, because you fell under maybe multiple mandates, including uh, state and OSHA and uh, all of this, like some of those didn't accept religious exemptions so therefore you were not allowed to submit yours according to the the, the rules for the state and osha it was everything if like if i <laughs> if i was able to get around one they threw something else at me if i said right. according to this constitution according to you know the new york law according to the eeoc they're like well it was basically they didn't want to hear it they just did not want to hear it who were you who who were you dealing with like who did you submit your paper your religious exemption to who did you deal with uh, about the mandate uh, were you dealing with a union representative or was it directly with your school it was directly with the school um i believe his title is supervisor i um i don't want to say his name because like we are in lawsuits um but uh, it was the uh supervisor or the director of the schools because we have one in Staten Island and then uh, a sister in Brooklyn. So there's two of them. Okay. He worked at the Brooklyn one and I was in the Staten Island uh, school, but we emailed and I tried speaking with him and I sent the religious exemption. I sent the legal wording that it's against the EEOC. It's against the constitution. You can't take somebody's, you know, and I gave them uh what's a good term options like i didn't say it's my way or no way like i said i would still wear a mask in school as long as masks were mandated mm -hmm. you know i wasn't going to be a total jerk about it you know if they felt that you know a mask wasn't fine I, at that point i would have worn a mask while I, while at my job mm -hmm. you know my office was a single office i wasn't with a group so I could be quote away from people if I took my mask off while I typed in my notes or I did my work or I made right. my phone calls. Um, if I was going to be with the children and give therapy, I would wear the mask and, you know, wash my hands and sanitize and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel religiously safe, you know, going against my religion for taking this vaccine. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even negotiate about that. They wouldn't it was your in person, you take it or you lose your job. There was nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there were quite a few of us that stood our ground there. Do you mean in your school there were quite yes. a few? Yes. Um the immediate director, um, she wouldn't do it because I believe she had some health issues that she was concerned about. Um, there were about three others, I believe, for religious reasons, didn't want to take it. Um, and there was another person who had legitimate, ex was exempt because she had allergic reaction. She literally had a doctor's note stating she's medically exempt from taking this due to it could kill her. And mm -hmm. they still fired her because she wouldn't take it. 
There was another employee there that ended up in the hospital because she went into anaphylactic shock. Is this one of your colleagues? Um, one of the you know, one of the teachers that was there at the time. She literally went into anaphylactic shock, had to go to the hospital, got documented that the first dose nearly killed her and was told her second dose should be of the other medication. I think she took, I don't remember, maybe Pfizer was the first shot. So they said, take Moderna for your second. Like they wouldn't even excuse her from taking any more. It literally almost killed her, but there was no way they were not gonna make her have that second shot, which was crazy, which is absolutely crazy. Like if something is killing you, you shouldn't have to take it. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so it was just going further and further into bizarro. So this is all happening during the fall of, uh, 2021, August and into September, I was let go. I believe the date was the 28th that Friday, the 27th, 28th, whatever uh, that Friday was September 21. Oh, September. So you didn't even go through a process where they put you on some kind of unpaid leave. No, no, no. You there was were no just process. terminated. You either got it by this that Friday and came in on that Monday, or don't come in on that Monday and you're fired. That was the last thing they said. You know, Friday was the last day. They said if you got it over the weekend, you would have your job on Monday. But if you didn't get the first shot by that weekend, don't come in on Monday. You're fired. So what happened? There was no on process. That? There was no interview. There was no reviewing of anything. Nothing. So they told you that the week before you weren't going, you didn't get the shot. And so Monday, what, what was that day like for you? What, what well, happened? Did you I mean, hear they from said, them at all? Or did they you gave just... us a date? They gave us that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like, let's say it was nine twenty. They gave us that Friday date and they said, you know, Everyone who doesn't have this, you know, we have to have your paperwork by the 28th. Then they sent an email out stating, if you changed your mind and you got it over the weekend, you can come in on Monday and you'll have your job. But I knew I wasn't going to get it. So I knew that that Friday was going to be my last day. It was heartbreaking because I really loved my job. I mean, I loved working with the kids. I loved helping them. I loved seeing them grow and develop and become mentally stronger and emotionally stronger and socially better, you know, seeing them develop, like that was my job, making them better, you know, helping kids get better. Um, and I loved working in that school and I loved working with those teachers and the other physical therapists and occupational therapists and speech therapists. Like it was, it was a very good job. I loved it. I didn't want to leave. Um, but there was, there was, there was no wiggle room. There was nothing. Yeah. And what broke my heart was that I was the only therapist, social worker there. So when I was let go, there was no one else to help the kids. And I know for a long time that at least six, seven months, if not more, they didn't have anyone. They kept posting for a job for my position and nobody picked it up. So those kids had no social emotional therapist for maybe that this whole past year. I mean, I don't know. Um, what happened um, with the kids in your school during the pandemic? Was there a part of the time that they spent at home? Was it a remote learning 
it was remote from that March when everything shut down, like that 15th or 14th, whatever that, again, that Friday was. Right, March 20th. Um, and we all went remote. Now we're a 12 month school. So we work through the summer as well. So March until June and then July and August. Um, then um, 20, 2020 into 2021, there was uh, remote days. There was remote days. So they would have like group A come in on like Monday, Wednesday. Group B would come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Friday was a remote day for everybody. So I would remote. That was, um, I believe, in October of 2020 when that started. But for the most part, I did remote work from March to October. And then I was doing some remote therapy with children and then in-person therapy, depending on what day and who it was and the parents' schedule. So there was a lot of changing of the schedules, but I continued to do remote and I continued to do in-person as we had a blended learning. Mm -hmm. What was that like for the kids uh, doing this hybrid? It's horrible. There's three to five. There's, there's no, there's no real connection for a kid. That's three to five on zoom. Like you could try you. I did a lot with the parents because the parents were going through a lot. So I was calming the parents down. I was helping the parents through their confusion and their anxieties, um, their frustrations, you know, parents having to shift schedules, parents losing jobs, parents changing jobs um, through the pandemic. And then now their child's home three, four days a week versus now being in school five days a week. So it was a lot of frustration and anxiety on the parents' side, but the kids, they, in person is one thing they're just you know they talk to you for two minutes and they run off and go grab their favorite toy and or they run off i gotta go to bathroom or i'm done goodbye and they just like they they know how to log off too i mean they're smart they really are but they would you know okay all right see you next time bye click and they just log off (laughs) so but it it, i don't think it was as beneficial for that gen for that that age group Mm mm-hmm um, what about when they came back from being remote kids who, who had been doing this remotely and then they came back in, in person, what was that? How, how did you see things affecting them coming feral. back? Into this? They were, they were a bit feral. They had, I mean, school gave a little bit of a structure. You arrived at a certain time, you have lunch at a certain time, you leave at a certain time, you know, there's. Uh, story time at maybe 10 o'clock and then maybe there's art at one o'clock like there's a structure at home there's no structure I mean there's not I mean there's not like a real structure and then mom and dad are going to let them get away with stuff and sleep in late or stay up late or and they come here and they're being told no or you can't do this or you gotta separate and that was the worst part you got to tell kids who normally want to congregate share things hug each other you can't touch your friends you can't hug your friends you can't give your friends a high five you can't share your goldfish with your friend you can't sit next to your friend like you we literally had to keep them six feet apart these are kids they want to touch each other and play with each other 
and socialize. And we had to not socialize them, which is critical in three to five. It's critical for them to um, learn facial. You know, everybody's walking around like this, you know? It's critical that they see what a smile is or what a frown is. Like, no, we don't throw our toys on the floor. Like the frown shows disappointment. The smile is happiness. To emulate that, they need to see adults doing that. Everybody's walking around like this. They had, it tunes them out. It just tunes them out. When they can't see what's really going on, why bother paying attention? Right. So there was a lot of social delays, emotional delays, behavioral problems. Um, you know, and that's going to continue for probably another two to three years easily. The, the kids that grew, the, the babies that grew up during the pandemic, they, all they knew was this. And now the, there's the mask. Social, right. All they knew was this <laughs> yeah. mask. They didn't yeah. see anything. And, and there were parents that wore it in their house. They're like, oh, I have a sniffle or something. And they were wearing that in their house. Their babies never saw their facial expressions. So now there's social delays, emotional delays, numerous speech delays. When you can't speak, you can't communicate properly. You get frustrated and you stop trying because nobody understands you. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. And so you would have been the person to work with these kids who are coming back into school um, with these issues, with emotional issues, behavioral issues yeah. um, that developed over the pandemic, but you were terminated and they didn't have anyone. In, Not for the longest time, because I kept saying, you know, I kept responding to my boss, listen, this is against the law. The EEOC said, yes, I have a case against you. Um, Cause I did contact them. I said, all I'm asking for is my job back. Like, I, I don't even want to do this. Like I want to come back. I go, I can see you don't have anybody. It's three months later. It's four months later. You know, you don't have anyone for these kids. And they're like, no, it's, it's still law. You got to have it or you can't work in the building. I says, but I'm not sick. And I shouldn't be forced to test every week to prove to you. I don't have a disease. Did you, you said that initially you were, you were trying to kind of find a compromise position with them, Absolutely. I'll wear the mask, I'll, you know, but did, did you kind of like feel less and less like compromising the more that they insisted on their position? I mean, it sounds like you, at the end, you, you didn't, you thought the testing was intrusive. It's intrusive to test for a disease you don't have, because that's one of the big fallacies your carrier and you don't know it that's a psychological warfare game you can be a carrier and kill grandma or get one of the children sick you don't know you have it if you don't have symptoms it's unlikely you have a cold or the flu or corona like it's very unlikely that a silent carrier is going to be you know like typhoid mary that's not you know and it was the research behind that being um, a carrier and not having symptoms was based on faulty information. Again, the woman that came from, I believe, Tokyo to Canada to visit somebody, and then I, he got sick. 
and they said, oh, she didn't have any symptoms and that's how it spread. But nobody spoke to her because when they, about five or six days later, when they did speak to her, she goes, oh, no, I didn't feel good. I felt really crappy. She's like, I had symptoms. So this whole, your body will tell you if there's something wrong. That's the natural thing. If you got a headache, there's something wrong. Maybe you're low on your sugar. Maybe you haven't eaten in a while. Maybe you need to sleep. Maybe you're spending too much time on the computer. Like your body will tell you when there's something wrong. So this whole thing where you're this walking disease carrier and you don't know it. So you can't be near people. You can't be close to people. You got to be separated six feet apart, wear a mask, wear gloves, sanitize up. It was so unnatural that I was willing to compromise a little bit, but the stronger they pushed it, the less I was like, no, I'm not going to be beholden to this. Like my beliefs are critical and important to me. And if I give up my beliefs, if I cave in, what what's left of me? I've betrayed a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I gave like I gave a little bit and they wouldn't even step a little bit in my direction. I was like, I will wear a mask. I, I said, um, if I felt sick, I will test. I said, I'm not testing every week because when you test every week, insurance isn't going to pay for it. It's the once in a while, but insurance is stopped paying for if you have to test every week for school. So if you want to pay for that test on your own, that can be a $50, $60 test every week, easily, $100, depending on where you go. Um, so I said I would test if I felt sick. I would quarantine if I came positive. Like, I would work with you, but I've done my job from home, so it's possible to remote work. And I said, and two, I'm giving you a compromise. And they wouldn't, so there was no reason for me to keep going in that direction. So there are people who um, who are generally against vaccine mandates, but support them in certain cases. And usually those cases are healthcare workers and education workers, you know, people who work with kids. Um, and the, the argument that they make is, I think, generally, um, you know, these are people who, who need special protections because their health is more vulnerable, because we should always protect children and the vaccines can reduce the, um, reduce transmissibility and reduce the severity of, of the disease, reduce the, the, I I think they're saying now the, um, the amount of virus that you're carrying. What do you think about the, what do you say to people who are making those arguments for educators? For educators, um, well, for healthcare workers, it doesn't make sense because throughout the whole pandemic, they had paper masks that they had to use over and over again because there wasn't enough PPE equipment at the time. And they were in the hospitals and nursing homes like 24 seven. So there was no vaccine. It was quote, the height of the pandemic. And they were Uh, treating these people who were sick. Many of them did catch COVID, which again would have built up your immune system because once you're exposed to it, your body and your immune system can now protect you the next time it happens. 
So it didn't make sense to force it on healthcare. As far as the education system, it doesn't make sense either. It doesn't because if it's going to happen, your body will just uh, take care of itself. Okay, again, that whole, you're a walking disease carrier and you don't know it, never sit right with me. I always believe your body knows. When you're not feeling good or there's something off, your body will know. Forcing, recommending, you know, there's a difference between what an incentive is and what the New York said was an incentive. An incentive of keeping your job or being homeless is not an incentive, that's blackmail. That's coercion. Okay, that's forcing it on people saying, we're not going to let you eat. We're not going to let you have a house. We're not going to let you pay your bills. You're not going and you're not allowed to collect unemployment. Those are not incentives. That's straight out blackmail. Um, if they were to say like, we're not forcing it on you, but we'll give you an extra three days vacation if you get it, or we'll give you uh a $500 bonus if you get it. Like that's an incentive saying you don't have to, but if you do, you'll get this little thing. Three days, a $500 bonus. You'll get to, for the rest of the year, work one day from home, like something that would be beneficial for them. But it, it didn't really matter because it's it was like with the flu vaccine, there are many people who will take the flu and still get the cold. They will still get the flu. Um, it's, I mean, I'm not saying we should never protect our kids. We always should, but it just didn't make sense to force it on people because the pushback of losing so many healthcare workers and so many educators, which was evident, um, made no sense because you harmed kids in the end. You were short healthcare workers, you're short doctors, you're short nurses, and you're short teachers. How is that protecting the kids if there's no one there to take care of them? Mm -hmm. Did they, they didn't offer you any incentives to take the vaccine. A lot, a lot of city workers were offered various kinds of incentives. <laughs> no, it was just keep your job. I think was my incentive. Right. <laughs> right. Um, um, okay. So what happened when you lost your job in terms of what you lost? Obviously, the income, the salary, um, but what is the full range of, you know, the benefits and where did that leave you? I had to rely on government benefits, which was, um, it's hard. Um, you know, paying my bills, I've run through all my savings. I had a cash in my retirement plan. Um, still, even though we're fighting it in a lawsuit against the city, um, most jobs will either say it's still mandatory to have the vaccine or they'll work around it by saying, well, it's company policy. Now we have the data. I mean, again, I, I mean, if we want to go a scientific route, we have the data. It's not effective. Pfizer knew it wasn't effective. It's like 12% effective for a week. There's no benefits after two months, I believe. Um, so it, it's, that's why they're saying you're going to need boosters for life, How, you know, um, and from a religious thing, you can't tell people not to adhere to their religion. You know, it, it, I mean, there's a difference when 
I don't know. Um, I, like I, I'm trying to sh do some, like a stretch here. Let's say you're an orth you're Orthodox Jewish and you don't do anything with pork. Well, obviously, don't go work in a pork factory. Like that wouldn't make sense. But if you're buying, you know, food for uh, the staff and you have someone who's Orthodox, don't make it all pork. Bring an eggplant rollatini or something like, you know, give them an option. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, give them an option, you know, like if you're, you know, if you don't like, if you're not Catholic, don't work in a Catholic school, which would make sense. You don't want like, you know, if you're, you know, it wouldn't make sense for somebody of one religion to work in another religious school if it's against their beliefs, which is you just don't apply there. But in a generic setting where all religions are accepted and it shouldn't even matter because it's a, a public setting and religion shouldn't play into the school, um, you know, it, it, it just makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you were, uh, how, how long were you working there or, or how long have you been working in, in the system that gave you benefits? You were talking about your retirement. Um, well, that school, I was only there three years. Uh, I was, was, yeah, I was there approximately three years and, you know, I started building up, um, cause I changed careers later in life. So I started over. Um, but you know, I, I was very happy there. I was, you know, loved what I was doing. I love the kids I worked with. I love seeing, like I said, I love to see them grow. And yeah, I had a, you know, I started having, you know, out of my paycheck and, you know, get that retirement going, get that, you know, 401 going. Oh, so you had a, well, not, it wasn't had... a 401. It was like, um, a, a different type of retirement plan. I think okay. I all sorts of numbers, but yeah, there was a retirement plan that I had and, you know, I had to cash that in because I still can't work. I applied for numerous remote positions and even in my own home, sequestered from society, like the plague carrier they think I am, I still can't work with a company unless I get the jab. I can't work in my own home. Even with all the information we know now, even if they say, oh, we didn't know that then, we know it now. We know it's not effective. We know they, the data was manipulated. So it makes no sense, but I can't, I can't funding work is like, it's very hard. It's very financially tough. So you, financially. so you had, you had like a few years in your retirement plan through that through employer and you had, you cashed that out. You were able to, they, they didn't confiscate it, but, <laughs> but yeah. you had to use it to, to live on and you got unemployment for some period of time. Were you I able... was lucky for, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I got a couple of months of the unemployment. I know a lot of DOE did not, they were not allowed. I think because I wasn't a DOE employee mm -hmm. that I um, was allowed to get the unemployment, but that ran out. But that ran out, in that ran out in March. Okay. okay. In March. And we're now end of June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're almost in July and, um, yeah. Okay. So it, it's tough. I, you know, there's only so much money one has 
Did you also lose your medical insurance and any other benefits that you had? I lost some medical, yeah. And then I had to go on government. Okay. Okay. And, uh, right. So, um, what are you doing now? <laughs> How are you making this work? You, you're not, you're saying that you're not able to find a new employer because they're all requiring vaccination. Um, you're looking in, I, I assume you're talking about New, new York-based employers. Um, I would very much like to leave. I would very much like to move to Florida. I would very much like to get out of New York. I think not much is going to change here. I really don't. I think they're just going to continue to steamroll over our body autonomy, our religious rights. Um, you know, the whole pandemic, they said, you don't have the right to your body to make medical choices. Now they're saying um, you should have the right to your body and, and make choices. Um, you know, I didn't have the right not to wear a mask to go into a restaurant or show a vaccine card. Uh, but now, but that's something completely different because I could kill somebody if I didn't have a mask on or a vaccine card. But um, I would like to move. I, I've been looking to for approximately a year um, trying to, I went down to Florida actually looking for work and housing and school for the kids. Um, you know, I had a few promising interviews and then the last thing was like, oh, we need your vaccine card, but I'm remote and I'm working from home. Like, why does that matter? This happened not, even in Florida, you're saying? No, not Florida. I'm saying oh, that, okay, here. Uh, like I had put my, but they said, until you can move here, we can't hire you. And I can't move and get a house without an actual job because I can't apply for a mortgage. So it right. kind of like circles around. Right. Um, you know, it's like once I'm there, they can hire me. But I can't get there until I get a mortgage. I can't get a mortgage without a job. Um, but yeah, I had a few promising remote positions here. And it didn't matter where in the United States I moved. Because as long as I kept my license up in New York, I could um you know work remote and i could still work with those companies and then i always again at the very last thing oh and we need your vaccine card i'm working remote i don't have one oh well it's policy you have to why why do i need a dengue fever do i need one for you know yellow fever or whatever else there's out there like why i'm not near anybody except my kids who have never had covid ever and they've been in school and they've been tested. Like I'm near nobody. I'm literally sequestered from society and they still won't relent on that. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been able to find work and it's, it, it really gets to you mentally, financially, emotionally. You're literally forbidden to work. Is it when you, when you're looking at moving out of state, you said, um, you know, you need to get a mortgage. You can't get the mortgage without the job. So it's this catch 22. Is it okay? So in New York, the, a lot of people rent, right? Huge rental market. Is it different when you're looking in other places that you, you, there's, there's less of a, a, an opportunity to move, to, you know, to rent something for a little while renting. and then get established or. I, I, I thought about renting. I really did. But in renters, they want you to make three times the rent. 
So I would need, I have two kids. I would need a three bedroom house. So let's say the rent is 2000 a month. I would need to be making 6,000 provable income before I could even rent. If I'm paying $2,000 a month in rent, I might as well get a mortgage because, right. I mean, I, I don't want to pay a year at $24,000 in one year on a rent and then have to pick up and move my kids again and lose that $24,000 that could be going to a mortgage. If it was cheap, like if I could get something for $1,000, I would do it for a year, put most of our stuff in storage, even if it was a smaller place until I can find that, you know, then I would have a year of a job under my belt. I'd have that, you know, job security, that job income, could find a house, apply for that mortgage and then slowly move in, even if, you know, I have to finish out my lease. But I can't find anything for less than a minimum less than two thousand dollars. And with companies buying houses, you're not really dealing with people anymore. Vanguard, BlackRock, they're buying the houses, paying more than what they're worth so they can rent them out. So I would have to prove three times my income. So again, it just comes down to jobs. Right. So you're also dealing with the, the problem of a very difficult housing market right now. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to talk about, um, how this has been for your kids? Um, sure. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely affected them because I'm not going to give them the vaccine, this jab. Um, especially now that they've let zero, uh, six months to four-year-olds, five-year-olds get it. The data again, just came out how Pfizer lied in their studies about their group. Babies got sick that had COVID more with the vaccine than without. Uh, some have died. 3,000 dropped out of the study. They don't explain it. It's not helping them. And children are more likely to recover and not be affected by this. Their natural immunity takes over. Like their body handles it. So... They were excluded from social activities, after school programs, sports. Um, my son had an end of year play he was doing. I wasn't allowed to go because I'm unvaccinated. The school told me to sit in the car and watch it on Zoom because I wasn't allowed in the building. It's a parent's right to go see their kid in their school play. It's a parent's right to do that. And I couldn't go in. All the kids are unvaccinated. I mean, most of them are unvaccinated. So the kids can be in school, surrounded by teachers. But I, who am not sick, couldn't go in and see him perform. I'm sorry that <laughs> I... I can see how much that that uh, how upsetting that is yeah and there have been other events there have been like you know celebrations and international food day like bring a food of your culture and explain why it's important who's bringing tacos and who's bringing spaghetti and who's bringing you know a greek olive dish i couldn't go because i'm not vaccinated so he would say i don't want to go mom because he can't go without me so, right. You know. 
And because I don't have a job, I couldn't send my kids to camp this summer. They look forward to that every summer. I couldn't afford it this summer. So their opportunities for participating in the usual childhood stuff are being limited. Your ability to do the things that parents do <laughs> with, with their kids is being limited. Um, so that must be yet another reason why you want to leave. Absolutely. It should yeah. be, like I said, my body, my choice. That's the phrase everybody wants to use. I feel it's unnatural. I feel it will do more harm than good. I feel it's basically evil forcing it on somebody. Like you're force medicating people who don't want it. Okay. People make health decisions all the time. There are people who get stage four cancer and they're like, I want you to throw everything at me, all the radiation, all the chemo, all the pills. Like, I don't want to give up, throw everything at me. And then there are some people who are like, listen, I'm done. I don't want to fight it. I just want to enjoy the few months I have left. And then I want to go peacefully. Okay. There are people that make their own decisions. How many kids you want? Do you want four or five kids, one kid, no kids? You're allowed to choose. Do I want to get married? Do I not want to get married? Do I want to travel? Like you get to choose all these things. We're not allowed to choose that. And it's unnatural and it's being forced on us. And they're punishing the kids for the decisions that the parents are making. And that's evil. It's You're from New York. Yes. You, you grew up here. Have you always lived in New York? I moved out of state for about a year once. Uh, so, you know, just trying to, you know, do the world and see things. I lived in Ohio for a little bit, um, but I had a roommate problem. It was like, you know, typical roommate things. We stopped getting along, moving her boyfriend in. It was crowded. I didn't feel uncomfortable. So I eventually moved back to New York and then I stayed. And then at the time, there was no reason for me to move anywhere or go anywhere. And New York had its problems, but it was the greatest place to be. It was New York. I worked in Manhattan as um, a legal secretary. Like I said, I changed. So I was a legal secretary, uh, an office manager for the law firms for many, many years, like 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I worked in legal for a long time. Then, you know, I, I decided to change careers, have kids. and But New York has become a crazy ideological uh, on a path that I just can't be here anymore. Like, it's just sickening. It's sickening. Um, and there's no safety here. You're, you're, you're saying something broader than just the mandates. Well, there's more than just the mandate, yes. They're soft on crime, which puts children in danger. It puts us in danger. Okay? I mean when i mean crime is rampant in new york and they're very soft on it they're not persecuting criminals which leaves more criminals to do more bold things here in staten island a bunch of criminals broke into um an affluent area and stole a guy's four hundred thousand dollar like car just they broke in stole his keys a whole bunch of stuff and stole his car 
they they stalked him, they tracked him, they're they're bold. There's no punishment for people anymore. People are not responsible for their actions. That's a safety issue. How do I keep myself and my kids safe is, is a concern. Um, you know, finding employment shouldn't be a life or death situation. How do I feed my family without a job? How do I pay the electric bill without a job? How do I keep the air condition on in the summer without a job? You know, without money should not be life or death. I shouldn't have to take something that I think might kill me in order to pay bills. So I just want choices. I just want to parent the way I want to parent. And I can't do that here anymore. Everything is, I, I'm attacked on all fronts. We're attacked medically, we're attacked religiously, we're attacked as parents, uh, socially, financially. So it, there's, there's nothing in New York that says, you're welcomed here and I'm fine. I want to move. I just need that. I just need that remote position to high hoe out here. You're um, okay. You're in Staten Island. Yes. You're kind of close to New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> it's just like right over there across the bridge. Um, and there are people who live in Staten Island who work in New Jersey. The laws are a little bit different there. Is that, is that an option you've looked at? Is that something that you or, or other Staten Islanders in your, in your position are looking some at? Some people have moved to, I mean, some people move to Jersey because they still want or to just get, getting a job there and stay, you know, living in Staten Island, working in New Jersey. Is that, is that a feasible thing for people in Staten Island? Um, at one point it might've been, but with the tolls and the gas, if I got to drive 40 miles a day, unless I'm making 150,000 a year, like I'm serious. Like it's gas is 529 right now. So I could have to pay a bridge every day. I would have to pay a lot of gas, like a lot. Cause I would have to go back and forth and uh, childcare would be an option. Like I would now have to pay for childcare because I would have to leave super early and I wouldn't be getting home on time. Is it an option? As far as I know, when I've applied for jobs there, they still ask me for my vaccine. So, I mean, I, I haven't tried like a supermarket, but I'm not going to go to Jersey for, you know, a $10 job. Right. $10 an hour job. That's not going to do anything for me. I'll be spending more money getting to the job than actually making at the job. Um, so it, it was an option before everything jacked up and I did look into it. I did look into schools and social work positions and therapist positions. Uh, one, per, one job wanted me to travel all over Jersey, going to people's houses. No, that's, that's not something I, I'm comfortable doing. First of all, going into strange people's houses and driving all day long. I'm sorry. Like, the, that's just not financially possible. Like that's just way too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did look, but I only looked in my field because if I'm going to get, you know, a $10 hour job, I could do that here in Staten Island. 
could you? <laughs> I mean, there there is there is also a, a private employer mandate um, yeah. in the city of New York. Um, Adams has said recently that he's not enforcing that. that he's not pursuing enforcement. Um, but I, companies are companies. I tried. Yeah, I tried um, a couple of places in Manhattan. Uh, sorry, a couple of places in the mall. Coffee shops, retail stores. Um, I mean, I applied to Costco. I applied to several places. Uh, some of them are like, well, you know, it's company policy. Like, I don't know. Like, they don't even know why. They're just, it's like, you got to have it. Why? I don't know. The company says so. Like, they don't even know why human resources. They're like, you just got to have it. So, so you've been... You, you've gone out and tried to uh, find some jobs just to hold you over, make ends meet for the moment, yep. and you're just, you're not even able to do that. No, no. It's almost work. nowhere yeah. in New York, anywhere I can work. Right. Okay. So you have the the state and city and company mandates aligned against you. You have the housing market is a problem. The... Uh, energy costs are a problem. All of these things are like stacking up against you. Um, what's on your side? <laughs> Where are you finding um, support for your position, either in some community or in the political landscape, in the media? What What's on your side? Um, well, there is, you know, I mean, there are, people who are against the mandates for both religious or scientific reasons. Um, so social media, we connect, you know, we do that social media, we connect, we talk, you know, make social media posts, share information, try to get the word out. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Um, there's not a lot because it's like, it's New York. It's very, brainwashed people here there really are too many people are just like oh whatever just get it you know and then you'll be able to do everything you want no i don't want permission from the city and the state to live because i don't want something that's ill effective like that's you know um i've lost friends i've lost good friends lots of them because they just believe everything they're being told. They believe that the vaccine is going to save their life. And they believe that the science were solid. And they believe no matter how much I said, but this is the document. They lied to you. Or this is unnatural. Look at the ingredients. Like this can harm you and harm your immune system. They don't care. So, I mean, there's a pocket of us on social media where, you know, we, we connect up, but they make it very hard. They keep silencing us everywhere. All social medias, you get silenced, you get banned, you get restricted, you get kicked off. Like they just don't want your opinion. They don't care. They just want to kick you out. So I don't know. What about in the um, political world? Of course, we just had um, the primary and the candidate, I think the candidate who was um, 
most strongly opposing the mandates was Giuliani, right? And yes. Giuliani. I, and I was hoping he would be the primary. I was yeah. really hoping he would have been the primary because he really stood up for vaccine, you know, against the mandates. He's not vaccinated. Um, he would change some of those laws. So there was hope with that. I don't know much about the one who won Zeldin. He's wishy-washy. I know he took money from Pfizer or he invested in Pfizer. So I don't know if he's going to do much with the mandates. Like, I don't see a strong backbone with him. I see a lot of political flip-flapping, but at least Giuliani put his money where his mouth was. Mm -hmm. So now you don't see much support for your position in the political world? No, I don't. Yeah. What happened with your union? Did, uh, did, did they support you in any way? We didn't have a union. Sorry, you broke up for a second. We, we don't have a union. Oh, you didn't, you don't have a union in the, in the no. job that you were in. Okay. okay. Now we weren't DOE or anything. We were just, right. like I said, a, a school with the Department of Health, Department of Labor. Okay. Probably would have been a little different if we did have a union, but we didn't have a union. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so you're looking at moving. <laughs> um, Every day I keep looking, trying to get out, trying to find that job. Is this something that, so, so we're, we're in end of June now. Um, you're, you're probably trying to go for the next school, you know, move for the next school year, you know, so that your kids could start somewhere else. Is that, I mean, ideally that would be the goal to move before August so that, cause I know, I think Florida schools start middle to the end of August. They're like maybe two or three weeks ahead of like East coast in New York, but you know, I'll take what I can get whenever I can get it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it just really all depends on getting that, that job that doesn't require the card. Mm -hmm. And okay, this might be an obvious question, but why Florida? <laughs> well, I looked into states that would give me, that would align with what I want to do. Parental rights um, and body autonomy and ability to work without having the vaccine. Texas was one of them, um, Tennessee was one of them, and Florida was another. Florida caught my attention more because I saw what DeSantis was doing every single day for his people. Like, I'm sure there's good stuff going on in Texas because I know a couple of my friends already moved there. They were like out of their blue states. They moved from Jersey, they moved from California. Um, two of them went into Texas, uh, one's moving to Tennessee. Um, but while they may have similar views, I see what DeSantis is doing, how he's changing laws, how he's protecting parents, how he's giving you school choice, how he's giving you, uh, you know, you can take the vaccine if you want, but you can't be forced to. And he's vaccinated. Like a lot of people keep forgetting that. Like, he took the vaccine when it first came out. I believe it was Johnson and Johnson. So he's vaccinated. So it's not that he's anti-vax. He, he, he got it. 
but he also strongly supports the fact that you should be able to earn a living not having it, which is where I'm at, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Am I crazy about the hot weather? Not so much. I'm not a hot weather person. <laughs> I'm not a beach person. I don't like sweating. I'm a fall gal. You know, I like it in the 68, 65, 70 range. I like jeans, maybe a hoodie, some ankle boots. Like I'm a fall gal. So sweating to death in Florida, not an ideal goal, but it'll be good for my kids. They will grow up with being able to choose what to do. I will be able to choose a school that fits, you know, fits their needs, you know, whether it's my assigned school or a school that's an extra two or three miles away. School choice is important. Um, I mean, New York's doing a lottery system for high schools. It's no longer grade-based, which is ridiculous because kids are going to grow up. Why should I get good grades when my name is just going to be picked from a hat and whether what school I go to? That's educational defeatment. I want my kids to work for their grades so that they can learn and get into the schools they want. My son, my son's very technical. He might want to go into a trade school you know, architecture or something, learn architecture. My daughter's very artistic. She might want to go to an art school. But that's not going to happen if all they're doing is being names picked out of a hat and either you get in or you don't. Like, maybe you do that for 10% of your population, but grades should matter. And less and less grades matter here in New York. Grades seem to matter in Florida. Um. So you're Wiccan. Yes. And your politics are kind of conservative. And it yes. sounds to me from what you're no, saying. No, it is. I, I used to be a moderate Democrat up until about okay. three years ago. Um, okay. I used to be a, mo a moderate Democrat. Like Republicans had some good views, but they were usually like the wonky ones. But, you know, the Democrats were the party of the people for quality, for everything else. And then in the past three years, I, you know, I saw them lose their ever-loving minds, pushing stuff on people that were just ridiculous. And they pushed me away. Um, you know, for example, pride. I have many gay friends, bisexual friends, transgender. I don't care. But I don't want a naked man sh walking around in front of my eight-year-old daughter. That's not pride. That's, that's, that's indecent exposure. Are you talking about something that has happened in New York? It's happening all over. Okay. Like, like, like I'm just, I'm giving as an example. Um, it hasn't happened to her cause I've kept them away, but like at these parades, people are naked. Genitals exposed, both men and women. A five-year-old child should not be exposed to naked adults. Maybe this, so that makes me a conservative. Okay. I want to protect my children from seeing other adults naked. Like that's not what they should be looking at. Tolerance. Yes. Acceptance. Yes. Naked adults in their face. No, no. Um, you know, schools where they're bringing in people without parents' consent. You know, like, bring, I don't know, like bringing in people well, you... like a drag queen. Okay. Okay. Drag queens are great. They're adult entertainment. They're not children's entertainment. Okay. 
and they shouldn't be in a school doing anything with kids, reading books or talking to them without parental consent. If you're going to have that, ask parents consent. That's what I'm asking for. Give me a choice. They're not doing that. Um, you know, it, 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 um, having um, girls are getting assaulted in bathrooms because uh, boys are saying they identify as girls. I mean, we've heard about those cases. So there's a safety issue going on as well. So they kept pushing me and pushing me to the fact that I'm like, you know, so I think I can say I'm more of like a constitutional conservative. Like I believe in the law of the land. I believe in our constitution. I always did. I just thought the Democrats were defending it better than the Republicans. And I mm -hmm. think I was wrong. <laughs> I can see that I'm wrong. Um, I, I believe in the constitution first before any party left or right. The constitution is the law of the land. That's how we were founded. We are a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. And I have conservative views because I'm a parent. You know, you might be more liberal until you're a parent. And then when things start affecting your child, your view changes. So I guess I, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a public perception um, that associates Wicca more with the left wing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. it, um, I mean, actually it's, I mean, social media, I, there's a whole bunch of us that are very conservative or they're very conservative or very Republican or very constitutionalist, even though they're, they're Wiccan or pagan or like a Asatru, which is like a Nordic, uh, religion. Um, I think it's just easier to say Democrat because everybody's been so brainwashed, and I was too, that Republicans are Christian hard, anti-gay, anti-black, racist, uh, you know, woman-hating suppressors. And I found more tolerance and acceptance from the Republican inside red than I do on team, on the, you know, on the Democrat side or the liberal side. It's really more about your ethics, your moral character, um, and what you do versus how you identify. Like the, like, like everyone I've met on say team red was like, well, what are your actions? Like, I don't care if you're white, you're straight, you're gay, you're a Wiccan, you're a Christian. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's your code of ethics? Like, what's your morality? What's your, um, you know, the, your view? Like, you know, how, how are you, what are you doing in life and how are you treating others that way? Versus, um, first I got, you know, I got to state what my gender is, what my pronoun is. Uh, what political party I'm with before I come to me and who I am, you know, so I found more acceptance and understanding on the red side than I do on the blue side. Mm -hmm. And the, the friends that you lost, you said you lost friends over the mandate issue and why, why did you lose those friends? Like why, why weren't you able to just agree to disagree 
or because the left doesn't agree to disagree see the right can say all right fine we have different views let's move on the left is you're a horrible person for not agreeing with these views because these views are right um i had friends that said i couldn't come over unless i was six feet apart masked and had the vaccine they wouldn't even allow me in the 15 20 years i've known these people suddenly I, I was typhoid Mary and I couldn't come near them. Even though I was never sick. Even though I had nothing. Um, when I used to show the studies, like they're lying to you. This has unnatural ingredients. These ingredients are gonna harm your immune system. Here's peer reviewed proof. They would call me because that was what the left did. You're anti-vaxxer your anti-science you're a conspiracy theorist those are my favorites become a conspiracy theorist it's not a conspiracy when everything i've said has come true masks were harmful for kids now they have delays you know that i said they were going to force the vaccine on people no you're a conspiracy theorist they were forcing it on us they were going to treat you like a second class citizen if you didn't get it you couldn't fly you couldn't go to restaurants you couldn't go to schools you couldn't have a job all that came true. Um, you know, they were marking you down in your, your healthcare facilities wouldn't see you if you didn't have the vaccine. I literally, there were literally times it was like, if you have COVID stay home. Well, if it's such a deadly disease, shouldn't my doctor be treating me? Shouldn't they look out for my well being so that I don't end up in the hospital and die? No, I was told to stay home if I had COVID. You, you were told this yourself? No, I would have to go in to get tested or have my kids tested. Mm -hmm. um, and the last, I think, three or four weeks at my job, I had a test every week to prove I wasn't sick. But there would be this giant note. If you have COVID or COVID-like symptoms, go home. We're not going to see you. Like, that would be the sign. If somebody's sick, that's where you want to be with your doctor so they can treat you. But we were told to stay home. Didn't mm -hmm. matter. Then it was only if you're vaccinated, can you come here? Only if you're vaccinated. Now it's like, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. So it doesn't work. It's not doing anything, but yet they still have these mandates in, in, in effect. You're saying only, only if you're vaccinated, you can come into a healthcare facility? For a while, it, there was that and there was... If you're not vaccinated, they saw you literally outside the building, like they didn't want you in the building, or they would ask you if you were vaccinated first before allowing you in. Um, but I didn't realize how far left my friends were until I no longer was on the left. And it was either you believe our views or you're a horrible person. Like you want everybody to die because you don't want to wear a mask. You want people to die because you won't get vaccinated. I never said that. I said, I want to do what's right for me. You know, so I was a horrible person because I didn't want to get vaccinated. I was a horrible person because I had, I, from being in my field, children look at facial expressions. How are you going to do a speech therapy when you have a mask on your face and the kid has a mask? How do you see them mouthing the words? Um, you, I, I dealt with kids that had autism. They can't have something on their face. Their sensory issues kick off. 
you know, and when you got to calm a child down, it's very hard to work with them when your face is covered in a mask. Mm-hmm. I knew there were going to be social delays, emotional delays, speech delays, just from being in my field. I was crazy. I was conspiracy theorist. All the professionals were right and I was wrong. Did you, was- did, did you see people um, soften their position a little bit over time or moderate it when, for example, um, you know, we were told by a lot of public officials initially that the vaccine would stop transmission, you know, take the, take the vaccine, it'll stop the virus. Stop it dead in its track. Yep, right. Yep. And that didn't pan out. Okay. Um, so lots of people, then there were breakthrough uh, infections, which were initially called rare. And then, and then they happened um, to everybody. Yeah. And, and now they, they're clearly pretty widespread. So did your, did your friends that you had this, um, rift with did any of them come back and say or you know any other people that you had this rift with did they come back and say yeah maybe it wasn't maybe we were really afraid at that point and you know everyone was on fear of the virus and maybe i overstated that a little bit or maybe i can see your point of view a little bit more now did that happen no what happened was like I said, it was a psychological terror event and warfare that they did on the people here, especially in New York. We were hit very, very hard. Um, the science changed. It was true then. This is true now because this is what the science says. Okay. It's not that I said it back then. So how can I have been right when, how can I have been wrong then, but right now, but I was saying the same thing a year and a half ago. Like, I said there were going to be delays. I said there wasn't going to, I go, you're going to get infected again. Like it's not going to work. Oh, it's rare. It's super rare. It's super rare. Well, you've gotten two vaccines and a booster and you're on your fourth bout of COVID in six months. How rare is it? Like, I don't want to be snarky, but you've treated me like crap for three years. You have COVID the fourth time. You're boosted. When are you going to admit they lied to you that it doesn't stop anything? No, they just kept, they stuck to their beliefs that that was true then, then science changed because the virus mutated. And that's why the vaccine isn't working now. It was for the Delta, but not the Omicron, or it was for the Omicron, but not the Delta variant. So therefore it's two different variants, so it doesn't work. So then why do I need to get vaccinated for that variant if it's not going to work? Because you have to, otherwise you're going to kill people. That doesn't make sense. Like they're so stuck in that belief that you have to have it because that's what they were told. And they're not critically thinking. They're not connecting the dots. And then again, with the psychological warfare, they get bombarded with so much stimuli. We're going to war. There's a food shortage. Ukraine, Taiwan and China, gas is up. They get distracted by so many things that they just can't focus on what they're being lied to about. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't really come and say, we're sorry, uh, you know, things happened or we'd like to talk this out. They were like, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're batshit crazy. Uh, you know, you don't want to get vaccinated. You just, you're an anti-vaxxer and I have all my other vaccines. 
I mean, you know, well, my childhood vaccines I got. My kids have gotten most of theirs, but you know. So you're not you're not opposed to vaccines in general, and there are some that you have more confidence in than other. Right. I honestly <laughs> will never trust a vaccine again because we've been lied to and manipulated so much that now as I look through the other vaccines and see if they were necessary or not, I don't know if I'll ever trust a vaccine again. I think we were lied to and manipulated so much. Um, why does everything have to be mRNA? Why does everything have to be gen gene altering? Why does everything, all our food have to be gene altering? Why are we gene altering cows? Why are we gene altering our medicines? Why are we, it's always been, you took a part of the virus, you know, some were alive, some were killed. And if you put it in the body, it protected you from getting it. Say polio, right? One shot and done. You did not get polio. If you got the shot, you didn't get polio. Imagine someone saying, you have to get two polio shots and a booster, but you still might get polio. Would you trust that vaccine? I think some, uh, I'm not sure about polio, but some childhood vaccines do have multiple doses at different ages, right? Like yes. you get one at uh, a year old and one at five and one, at, I'm just making up the intervals, but <laughs> but there, there are some that have two or three doses throughout your yes. childhood. Right, meningitis is one of them. Yeah. My son just got his meningitis shot. He literally got it like two weeks ago. I'm not, I don't want him to get meningitis. I trust that that vaccine will prevent him from getting meningitis. You trust it because um, it's a more conventional technology and an, it has a track record of a exactly. longer track record. It's, okay. it's been studied. It's been peer reviewed. It's been, you know, uh it's had its trials it's it's effective okay it's effective it's it does what it's supposed to do mm -hmm. you know it does what it's supposed to do and you know tried and true is you know but yeah it's, it's yeah no no i'm saying it's just one of those it's tried and true like i said if polio came back, I would trust the old polio vaccine. I wouldn't trust a new one. What are they altering in there? Why would they need to alter it? You know, like the monkeypox vaccine. Why, why do we need, why is it, so, New York has ordered like a million doses of this monkeypox vaccine. They're going to make it a scare in New York to make people get this monkeypox vaccine. Why? <laughs> yeah. why, 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 why do you think what, if it's not, you know, if to keep people from getting monkeypox or COVID or whatever, what, what's, what's the reason behind that? If you're in a terminal state of fear, if you're in a terminal state of a pandemic, you're easy to manipulate. If you're constantly in fear of something trying to kill you, COVID, monkeypox, you know, breakthroughs, people who aren't vaccinated, you're constantly, your brain, because I studied psychology, I went through a clinical route. I didn't just go through the social route. I did a clinical study and I'm about to get my clinical license. When you're in a constant state of fear, 
your brain re literally rewires itself differently to adjust. Okay. Fear is usually for fight or flight in an immediate danger. You're walking down a block, you hear someone behind you. You're either going to turn and fight them because you feel like you're in danger, or you're going to run away because you feel like you're in danger. Living in that state on a daily basis changes your brain chemistry and your psychological thinking. And most, and if you have somebody that says, I can protect you from this danger, you're going to lean towards that because you're in fear of your life, your family's life, your kid's life. You want that protection. Hotchell has not given up her emergency powers. Why? We're She's not in an emergency. You're talking about the governor. The governor. Yeah. She keeps renewing her emergency powers over this pandemic. We're not in a pandemic. Life has gone on. Kids are in school. Kids are in camp. People are working. People are driving. People are flying. Nobody's locked in their houses. We're not in a pandemic. There's no reason for her to extend her pandemic emergency powers month after month after month. But she is, which gives her the manipulative ability to control certain things that she couldn't control without those powers. Now they're going to have the monkey pops come around and say, well, we don't know if it's going to come, but protect yourself by getting it anyway. Then if enough people don't get it, they're going to say, oh, the hospitals are filling up with monkeypox. And then they're going to say, maybe we should mandate the monkeypox vaccine. It's going to be a re, you know, a reemergence. And they're always going to have this health crisis emergency here. I just don't play into that. But okay, but why? Because I think I think this is like a big um, difference between you know, your friends that you had the rift with and, and, and people like you is that there are some people who say, um, look, these politicians and public health people, they're just doing this as a control mechanism. And yes. then the, the other side says, um, that's crazy. Why would they do that? They're just trying to deal with a difficult situation, right? Like why would people be such control freaks? So, so what's your answer to that? What's your response? Well, I would have been on the other side saying, well, my whole life, I believed the FDA, the CDC, the WHO, like these were the health professionals. These were the people who protected health. You're supposed to look to them. But what I did and what, um, what the Republican and Team Red has impressed on me was do your research and critically think why. Um, just going over the past few years, how many times were they wrong about the COVID? How many times were they wrong about masks? How many times did they lie to us about it? How did the FDA approve data that was false? Because the FDA information that they said it was like 98% effective and it was 12% in their research. Like we had to get, meaning the people, the, an FOI, Freedom of Information Act, to get that information from them. They were never going to release that to people. Why? Why would you not want to release data? You're talking unless... about you're talking about the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine, uh, documentation right. that they wanted to keep uh, a secret, a, yeah. A secret for 75 years, I think, and then yes. there was a FOIA request and they had to release all of that documentation from the clinical studies that they did. Right. Yeah. So if they knew in their studies it was only 12% effective but yet they lied to everyone 
about its effectiveness, that's a problem. That means it's not effective. And the FDA knew about it and the CDC knew about it and they all went along. And then you find out that, you know, you do some more research. The CDC is mainly funded by Bill Gates. Well, why is Bill Gates doing that? You know, um, then you find out on research, Bill Gates has often talked about population control and how there's too many people in the world. He's done TED talks on this. And you're like, all right, that's odd. Um, then, you know, you research on the control that they have, who they can manipulate into getting this vaccine. Who was it? Just for an example, um, I know there's another lawsuit going on in the court system and three New York judges had to be excused because they all invested in Pfizer and the other vaccine companies. Yeah. So your court system is tainted here in New York because they're making money off this vaccine. So why would they do a court case that says, no, you don't need the vaccine to have a job? Because that means that's less people getting it. And they invested in that company. It's just so much money is to be made from these vaccines. And everybody seems to have their fingers in this pie, trying to get as much as they can. Who wants it for control? Who's getting it for money? Um, and once you do some research, once you start looking into how much they can control you by doing this, it, it's rather disturbing. Um, it's, it's not about health, because if it was about health, you would have legitimate research. You would have an open research um, study. This is our study. This is our findings. You know? But Pfizer made too much money on the vaccines to have that 12% come out before everyone got vaccinated. It's just about control. It's about manipulation. It's how much we can take from you because it is a freedom that they're taking. Make no doubt about that. If you can't choose how to treat yourself health-wise, they've taken that control and they're manipulating. All right, you know, if we want to use the control, you know, my body, my choice, why is it good for some aspects of the law and not good for others? Why can't people choose? Now, I'm not saying if you're sick, go to work. If you're sick, go on a plane. It's common sense. Nobody on Team Red is saying if you're sick, go out and spread it. But what we're saying is we're not sick. Why do we need something to prevent us from getting sick if we're not? It is absolutely about control. They're taking control of your freedoms. They're taking control of your religious rights by saying you're not allowed to have them. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, the freedom of religion, it's in the constitution. We should be able, you know, I'm not harming somebody. It's not like my religion says I have to go every Tuesday and burn somebody's house down. Like, it, you know, it's not like a harmful thing, but I should be able to do my religion my way. And they take that religion and they say, you can't do that. You can't have that part of your religion. You can't have your medical freedom. You can, I mean, why does a restaurant need to know my status, my medical status? Before the pandemic, before COVID, that would be illegal, completely 100% illegal. 
That's like asking a woman if she's pregnant before you, you hire her. You're not allowed to know a woman's pregnancy status. That's illegal. Firing somebody because you don't like their religion is illegal. But it's about the control they have over every aspect. If they can take religious off the table and people can't use religion to not get a vaccine or not have something done, they've just controlled you one step more. I, I think that um, people who who like disagree with that and think of it as a, you know, like a conspiracy theory point of view. I think they just don't find it believable that there's a, that like all of these ulterior motives are driving this, you know, they just don't think that you're, you're saying it's, you know, it's for money, it's for control, it's for, and they're basically, you know, the powers that be are basically lying to the people in order to manipulate them for financial gain and political control, right? I mean, that's that's what you're saying, right? Um, and I think that people who don't disagree with you just, they just don't believe that people would be that nefarious. Like they're, 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 they're just not that evil. Like, what do you think the difference is between people who who think that's, 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 it, that's crazy, people, they're not that evil, and people who say, no, it is, it, it is possible <laughs> for people to have all these ulterior motives. What's, what's the difference in mindset there? Because it would shatter their worldview, and it did for me. I'm not going to lie. It shattered my worldview on people who I thought had my best interests that absolutely don't. There's a thing going around the internet and it's like the one of the best examples of waking up. You remember Aaron Brockovich, the movie? You see that? Uh, with um, Julia Roberts. Uh, Julia Roberts, yes. She was There's uh, a she, scene yeah. where she's speaking to one of the mothers of Hinckley and she's, the woman has had like breast cancer and uterine cancer and all these surgeries. And she's telling her that the toxicology report says their hexium chromate it's giving them the cancers. And the woman's like, but that's impossible. Like my doctor said, no, my doctor said that it had nothing to do with the water, had nothing to do with it. And PG&E said it's the wrong hexachromia, that it was a different one that could do that. And that's not the one in the water, that our water was safe. And Erin turns around and says, but PG&E paid for those doctors. And the woman's like, yeah, but, and she's looking and she's like, and it just suddenly sinks in how they worked together and harmed her family. And she starts to scream for her daughters to get out of the pool because they were swimming and playing in the pool. And she runs out and she's like, get out of the pool, get out of the pool. Finding out that people have that level of evilness is hard to accept. And it really is that your family, your well-being, your, it's just, a card game, a chess game to them that you mean nothing to them. And, you know, like we have all these politicians and sports stars and, and, and actors and actresses saying, get an electric car and save the environment. And then they fly off on their private jet 
to go around the world. Or they're saying things like, you don't need a gun and gun restriction and this. And then they have armed security guards protecting them, but they don't want you protected. They don't want you protecting your family. It's hard because it really shatters your entire world because the next question is, if that's true, what else is true? If I've been lied to by my local government, have I been lied to by my upper government? If I've been lied to by Pfizer, is it really true that a letter went out stating if you didn't push the vaccine, we will take your medical license away? which happened. Doctors' licenses were threatened if they didn't push the vaccine. Letters have been shown all over the internet from companies and the American you know, pediatric boards and hospitals stating, if you didn't push the vaccine, you were considered an anti-vaxxer and your medical license would be under review. It shatters people's world. So it's easier and safer to, for them to say, no, 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 it's not true. No, no, it's not happening. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Then to say, if it is true, what else is true? When I think about um, some of the examples that you're talking about, like Aaron Brockovich, and she, that was, that movie was about the, the real person, Aaron yes. Brockovich, who, um, PG&E and their tainted water and Hinkley, yeah. Right. It was Texas, Hinkley, Texas, was it? There, there was a location yeah. where the where yeah. PG&E was... Um, Dumping water, yeah. industrial process was poisoning the, the water. Yes. Um, and people were getting cancer, and she exposed that, and, and there were legal actions against that. Um, you can also think of like the cigarette industry, right? It came out that, um, you know, they knew for some time that cigarettes were cancer. Ca and they causing stood up cancer in Congress and illnesses. So they right. swore under oath, it does not cause cancer. That's a lie. That's a conspiracy theory. Um, right. And now the EPA just came out that our water is tainted with toxins above health levels that give us all cancer. For decades, people are going, Maybe there's something in the water that's affecting all of us. Mm -hmm. No, you're crazy. You're a tinfoil hat. You're a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. All our officials are failing us. Well, this is this is what I, I want to ask you because when when I think about like the cigarette companies and things like the um, the uh, Aaron Brockovich case. <laughs> um, these are situations where there was like one company or one industry and there was uh there were legal cases brought against them and the problem was kind of dealt with and you know by the legal system there was some kind of reform that took place but what you're talking about is much broader because you're you're talking about all kinds of government agencies and institutions being complicit in a level of deception um, so, so how, how do we deal with that problem if that's the case? I know that you're involved in legal, legal right. actions, right? Well, so, but how, how, if, if you have, um, you know, government and industry and 
all kinds of association associations and other institutions that are acting together um, in in this deceptive and corrupt way that you're describing. How is that addressed? Is it through a legal case? Is it how how does that change? Uh, yeah, I don't have an answer. Um, I mean, I mean, <laughs> solve all our problems right here. <laughs> you know what it is? I mean, Pfizer. Okay, everyone's trusting Pfizer now. Any Google research can say if you Google, I think you know the biggest pharmaceutical lawsuit in history. Pfizer had to pay billions of dollars because they lied about their research. They manipulated data, they falsified documents, they bribed doctors, they uh, silenced doctors, all to get a medication or a vaccine out. And this was not too far in the past. You know, we're talking maybe 20, 30 years ago. It's known, you can research it, like you just can Google it. They're not a trustworthy company. A company like that shouldn't exist if you manipulate the medical community, you lie to your, um, your, 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 your products, you lie about your products and you lie to the people who are getting these products saying that they're healthy for you and they're gonna be healthy for you and they're gonna protect you and you know all along they're not. How does a company like that stay in business? Well, they have political allies. They have enough money to have legal teams. They are the biggest contribution to like the CDC and the WHO. So now they've entwined into bigger organizations. What I can say for the individual is do research, just do research. If you're not comfortable with something, if you don't do it, like find out what your rights are and stick to your guns. Just, I mean, every department from, like I said, the EPA, the CDC, the WHO, the FDA, they all saw an opportunity to gain power, money, and more control, and they all took it. And once that power was taken, we will never get that back. And that's what I think a lot of people fail to see. When rights are taken from you, they're never given back. When freedoms are taken from you, they're never given back. People make the very basic uh, examples. Why is it illegal to catch train water? Why, why would the government fine me thousands of dollars if I had a barrel and collected rain water? It's illegal. In New York? Um, I think so. I know in a lot of places, you're not allowed to catch rainwater. Why? Because they want you to have water paid. You, they want you to pay for water to pump in. And that water isn't safe, according to the EPA. Why is it now, why do I need special permits if I want to have like a garden? Why can't I grow my own fruits and vegetables? Sure, you can have a little garden. Nobody's going to say anything. But let's say I had an acre of land. Suddenly, I got to pay fees or I'm not allowed to do that. Why? Because they want you to pay for your food. Um, you know, why, why, why is 100 food processing plants burning down and being destroyed? But not the ones by Bill Gates that are plant-based foods. Why did a, 
10,000 cows suddenly die of heat stroke when that's the climate they live in. And that's never happened really before on that scale. Why, why did like 150 sheep suddenly die because two wolves chased them, but didn't eat any of them and nobody can find the wolves? What's going on with our food supply? These are questions people need to ask because once things are taken from you, they're never given back. And that's the scariest thing that I hope people understand. You give up freedoms because they say they're gonna give them back to you and then they never do. Two weeks to flatten the curve, it's three years. Take the vaccine, we'll get herd immunity. There's never gonna be herd immunity because it keeps changing. The virus keeps mutating. So you just need more vaccines, two vaccines, a booster, a second booster, boost your family, boost your elderly, now get your kids vaccinated. It doesn't stop because once they have that control, they never release it and they only want more. So what to do? We can't all fit in Florida. No, I know. <laughs> um, this is where you have to learn your constitution and get involved on your local levels. If you don't like what's going on in your local governments, run for government, run, run for power, run for political office, or support somebody who you think can do a good job, you know, like either Zeldin or Giuliani. I believe Giuliani would have done great things for New York. He stood up for parents' choices, uh, edu the education system, um, you know, the vaccine mandates. He put his money where his mouth was. He was somebody who would have done a lot. So I support him. He didn't win. But now we have to bank everything on Zeldin as a, as a Republican, see if he can take it, which I don't know if he can take Hoshel. I think once somebody's in, it's very hard to get them out. Um, but you never know. You know, there is um, the latest data says 100,000 Democrats switched to the Republican Party in the past year, whereas only like 500,000 Republicans went to the Democrat party. So people are waking up, people are seeing that their local and larger governments are not looking out for their best interest, that they're not supporting the people the way the people wanna be supported. And they're not speaking for the people the way the people's voice wants to be heard. So, so you're, you're kind of seeing, um... A grassroots movement coming up through the Republican Party uh, from the ground up with local politics um, taking on the corrupt, overreaching larger government institutions. I think people like um, the Arizona incumbent, uh, Carrie, and, you know, Marjorie Green Taylor, um, Hawthorne. They are a breed that is fighting for the people and not with the government. They get their, you know, they get their shares of bumps and bruises for, for sticking up for the people. And I think that's where 
our changes are going to happen. It starts on the local level and it goes up. The people, somebody posted and it was just really, really, um, again, really interesting. We say that our elderly, 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds, they're not employable. They're mentally declining. They're physically declining. You know, they're kind of like, all right, go to your retirement home, go visit your grandkids. Like you're not really part of society anymore because you're old and you're not really useful. But why is it the 60, 70 and 80 year old are running our country? Why are the 60, 70 and 80 year olds running our political parties and our country? Are, are you saying that they should all be replaced with uh, millennials? No, I'm thinking that <laughs> there should be term limits for both Senate and Congress. It should, things should not be a lifetime position. I think for both parties, not just, you know, it, both parties, whether it's eight years or 12 years max, once you've had three terms, four, four and four, whatever you want to call them, that's it. Because if you have somebody like Pelosi, who's been there for decades, you know, um, Mitch McConnell, okay? Um, you know, you have them so stuck in the political power, they don't, they don't see the people anymore. And you need somebody who's from the people growing into the political environment who has that connection to the people. Because a lot of people forget the government's supposed to work for us. There are representatives on the larger scale, but it's we, the people they're representing. And we haven't seen that in a long time. And we're suddenly being reminded by this fresh wave of politicians that it is we, the people, we, the, the constitution and our voice matters. Silencing the people is not an option. What's happening with your legal cases to the extent you want to talk about it? Um, well, I have one legal case. It is a class action um, for religious freedoms against the vaccine mandate. Whereas the city wasn't willing to talk to us several months ago, they're now coming to the table because the Pfizer papers came out showing 12% efficacy for a week that people who have the vaccine are still getting COVID still going to the hospital. Some of them are even dying, unfortunately, um, that this vaccine is not doing all that it promised to do. So why is it still being forced on people if it doesn't work? Um, so whereas they weren't coming to mediation, now we have uh, something where we might be going to mediation. Could be something as getting jobs back, getting the, you know, okay to have religious exemptions uh, or in cases like mine where I probably can't go back to my position, maybe getting one or two years salary as compensation for everything that happens. So we don't have uh, a definitive, um, a definitive like goal because we're in mediation, but those are some of the things that are on the table. Are you optimistic? I think having worked in the legal system, even if you're wrong, what the opponent does is try to wear the clock out. 
let's come back in three months and see this. Let's go, because people are unemployed. How much longer can they last without money? So they're trying to wear the clock out. Well, you had, you know, 300 people, but now you're down to 280 because 20 people took the vaccine so they could work. So how much religious were, how, how religious were they? Well, they didn't want to starve to death either. So, you know, that's what some people did. All right, now you're down to 250. Now you're down to 200. They're just trying to wear the clock down because a lot of people from the DOE, the fire department and the police department and the military aren't allowed to collect unemployment. So they're going off like me, savings and retirements and everything else. So the, I know the city's trying to wear us down by running the clock out, but I think we can push them a little bit. And I think that's where we are. I think they don't really have that much of a leg to stand on because if their vaccine kept people out of the hospital and only the unvaccinated were getting sick or only the unvaccinated were catching COVID or only the unvaccinated were dying, they would have a solid case but it's completely the opposite. And more and more studies are coming out saying natural immunity is better than the vaccine when it comes to COVID. Peer-reviewed studies, um, again, I've posted that too, about the natural immunity studies that people have, that science has done, peer-reviewed studies have done. I think it was New England Journal of Medicine had one where natural immunity was better than the COVID vaccine and that um, another study said the COVID vaccine was uh, inhibiting the immunity, their natural immune system to work, which means they're being vulnerable to all things, cancer, diabetes, COVID, the flu, bronchitis, heart disease, like it, it's making them more susceptible to so many things by destroying their immune system, which is my thing is I believe the immune system has a purpose in the human body. Um, so they don't have that to say this is solid science the science doesn't isn't there mm-hmm. is there anything that i haven't asked you about <laughs> any aspect <laughs> of of uh, it's very complicated your situation you have a lot of different things coming at you um but we've we've talked about a lot of it, I think, but is, is there any aspect of it that we haven't talked about that you think is important to touch on? Um, God, I'm like, everything is so interwoven, but I guess, I mean, I guess the takeaway is when you're confronted with something bigger than you, is it You know, it's like a David and Goliath type situation. Everything was Goliath, bigger, more powerful, undefeatable. You can't overcome this overwhelming, powerful, political, scientific, legal force. And then you feel like David just standing up going, how am I going to conquer this? But you try to find a way. You just, you stand your ground. You... You know, if you need to, you homeschool your kids. If you need to move, then you try to find a way to move. If you need to change careers, maybe it's changing careers. Um, You know, I'm trying everything. I'm trying to move, trying to change careers. If I need to, I'll have to homeschool my kids. Like, 
there's so much, but just in the end, I know I've protected myself and my kids the best way I believe is true. I believe it's not right for us, you know, on so many levels, this is wrong. This is uh, inhumane to do to people. Um, I did a social media post. Italy has officially come out. Their court system has officially come out that because of the, and this is their, their verbiage, the deadly side effects from the vaccines, they can no longer mandate it and decide who gets to live and who doesn't because that is Nazism. That was in their court papers. That was in their documents. That's literally what they said. Italy said, forcing this on individuals is they're equating it to Nazism, experimenting on people. So there's hope when other countries are now not mandating it. So there's that. But, you know, to anyone who's maybe in a similar position, you know, find your tribe. If your friends don't want to be friends with you anymore, then just cut them off and mourn their loss and then find people who align with what you believe in. You know, if you might homeschool, find homeschoolers. If you want to move to Florida, join a, you know, a moving to Florida group or Texas or Tennessee or Idaho or Arizona, you know, wherever you want to move. If you are against the vaccine mandates, join, you know, against the vaccine mandates group, you know, find people who align and can support you versus staying with people who are only gonna drag you down and hurt you emotionally because you're no longer there and they're still in the past. You've progressed and moved on, you've changed. You know, I had this uh, statement that I had put on social media. I didn't wake up one day and decide to be a conspiracy theorist to, fundamentally change who I was. I was part of a multi, um, a multi gambit of psychological experiments that changed me forever. And this is what it was, a lot of psychological experiments on people to change, and it changed who I was forever. So I can never go back to who I was and if there are people that are still there and can't progress with me, I have to let them go because hanging on to friends of, that were French with me for 15 and 20 years, they're not going to change and they're, not, they're only going to see me as a conspiracy theorist or somebody who's evil or somebody who's got bad moral judgment. And I just turn around and be like, yeah, I might be unvaccinated, but you're on your fourth round of COVID. Like, you know, what's, you still can't see it. I, I can't help you. Like I, I've tried to help you for three years. I tried to show you the data. I tried to show you the information. I tried to show you where to get more information. But, you know, you still think that you're glad you got your boosters, but you're still on your fourth round of COVID. Like, how does that even make sense? So 
find your tribe, find your people, find people that are going to support you. And that's kind of how you get through things. Some days are hard. Some days are very, very hard. And, uh, but then there are days that are a little easier. Well, I hope that, um, as you sort the, you're, you're kind of in limbo right now, it seems. Um, but I hope that as you get everything sorted out, if there's some legal resolution or you decide to make a move or you're something changes here and you're able to, <laughs> to make things work here. I hope that you will come back and, um, give us an update and absolutely you know, let us know how, how the situation resolves itself. Absolutely. I would love to come back. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with me. It's been a really interesting conversation and I'm, I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Anytime. And thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks. Bye.